the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm asking you if you understand the implication of the second person of the divine triune Godhead accomplishing the crown rights to the whole universe in whom the Bible says all power exists. As we close the week out, we do so looking once again at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a fourfold resurrection in Christ. There is a resurrection and a resurrection to come if we find ourselves in the midst of Christ's resurrection. We'll make that clear to you as we go along today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you'll join us, we're in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 23. Here's Pastor Jesse now with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. God is all of our God. He's your God. He's my God. He's your loved one's God. He's the loved one that does not even want to acknowledge God, God. Did you know that God gives your loved one grace to not believe in God? Right. God has to allow him to not believe in him. Right. Because ultimately the wages of sin is what? Everybody's supposed to be gone. Did somebody get that? See, I know my folks at Grace are a little slow. But now watch this. God is patient and he actually lets the unbeliever live and breathe and have his being. He allows the unbeliever to think irrationally, irreverently, and hostile against God. Is God good or what? He lets them act a fool clown and act up and act out, denying the very God that gave them the breath to do all that. Sir, ma'am, don't you know you could never do all that foolishness if God didn't grace you to do it? This is absolutely true. And so what I would say also in the uh, positive affirmation of human uh, attributes and qualities, the children of God, we know our fellow men are uh, rebels and sinners as are we. But we should also acknowledge when they are given by God's grace to do good things because they are temporal goods are still the product of a sovereign hand. Temporal goods are still the product of a sovereign hand. Is that true? Listen carefully. Temporal goods are still the product of a sovereign hand. God has to allow human beings to actually think right to be productive in this world. So even though they're under the wrath of God, even though they could do nothing meritorious to save themselves by what they do, men and women can't do any temporal earthly good if it wasn't for God's grace. Now, why do you say that, PJ? Because at the end of time, they got to answer for every good thing that they did and every evil thing that they did because it all came from a God that let them live and do it. Do you understand what I just stated? So I want to say one more thing with that, because often in Christianity, we make the mistake of making things too black and white. Give human beings 
credit for the grace that God gives them to do the things they have to do and the things that they do, particularly in the world, the fields of science and education and business. God is remarkably manifested in that to us, is he not? In fact, you guys can nudge them too. Y'all, y'all know what I mean by nudge them? Now you, know, now you know they don't believe God, right? But when they do something, they get their reward and you there to visit with them, say, boy, look at how God worked in you. Man, it's amazing how much grace God gave you to stand up there and say what you said. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Just, just, just bring them on in anyway, right? Bring them on in. Because you have a right to honor God as the root of every living thing. You have a right to do that. This is a pre-evangel mechanism. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. It's so important to know that the believer isn't the one around the world accomplishing all of these feats. I mean, some of us are, don't get me wrong, but throughout history, God has shared that both with believer and unbeliever, has he not? Because he's the God of the whole earth. He's the father of spirits. He controls everything and we all owe him honor and glory. Read your Bible, child of God. Read your Bible. The pagan kings that bumped up against true believers in the Old Testament were found worshiping God because those true believers let them know God gave you all that Nebuchadnezzar. God gave you all that Pharaoh. God gave you all that Artaxerxes. God gave you all that Herod. God gave you all that pilot. Am I making some sense? Yeah, I just thought I'd do that to help you understand. It's your responsibility as a child of God to uh, assign God glory for all the good that pagan unbelievers are doing in this world, in spite of the fact that they are seeking not to attribute it to God. We're going to make sure God gets the glory. We're going to make sure God gets the glory. So under point number two, spiritual resurrection of the believer is fundamentally that God gives you faith. And again, the world would love to shred that as if they don't have it. But I'm going to make this final caveat and say this. If we were being honest, I'm talking about my most avowed atheist friends, my most avowed agnostic friends, my most avowed um, non-theistic friends. That's another category. You got the atheist, you got the agnostic, and then you have the non-theist. I can explain that later, but understand that all of them are also practically operating out of levels of faith. I'm going to, please understand that. Learn how to see when your atheist friend is leaning on faith too. Because they are. Right. Now it's not faith in God, but it's faith in something. Please understand that you cannot operate out of a completely scientific, empirical, real-time, in-the-moment knowledge of everything unless you're God. Why? Because there are things in which you depend upon the integrity and testimony of other people. You sit your butt down on ideas and concepts and you ride them out by faith. Do they not? The whole world is operating out of systems of faith just like you and I are. We simply say our faith is in the one true and the living God. So here's what I'm doing with some of you college students. I'm telling you to recognize when your peers are actually walking in a faith paradigm because they'll take other ideas and they'll pass them on as if they're gospel, won't they? And they'll swear it's the truth. And you say, hey, you're walking by faith now. You're doing the same thing we do with the Bible. Only your faith will never get you out of the predicament that you're in. Am I making some sense, children of God? 
Right. And, and all I'm saying is engage the world. Don't run from the world. Engage the world. You've been raised from the dead. All they can do is kill you. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? All they can do is kill you. And if they kill you, you're going straight into your inheritance. You don't want to die. We got too many people to live for. We got grandchildren to live for. Let me get back to the kids. I keep talking just about the grandkids like I don't have no kids. We got kids to live for. Children to live for. Right? And and, and grandchildren and great-grandchildren to live for. And they need you in your right mind. They need you being a clear, biblical-thinking human being who is able to hold a broad worldview. I mean, a broad worldview and see the world the way that God sees it. Am I making some sense? Don't make your worldview so narrow that you lie on God. I just feel like teaching today. Can I do that? Don't make your worldview so narrow that you lie on God. That would be an indication of a deficiency in your knowledge and probably a character flaw in the area of your your insecurity. Because the Christian church bites off more than it can chew too. It really does. And it needs to stop. We can share the communicable attributes of God with the whole world. Somebody going to get that in a moment. We can share the communicable attributes with the whole world because God has put the Imago Dei in every human being. I want to see God's glory in every creature. I just want to see that creature ultimately give God glory for it. And I want them to give God glory for it in the person of Christ. But we got to start where they are, don't we? All right, so pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about your children being born and raised in a gospel home, but not being saved, but being gifted to be a real benefit to the world. And you still want to thank God for them. You don't want to write them off as if they are useless. They're playing a role in the larger scheme of God's domain over everything. Am I making some sense? Right. It's very important. These are pre-evangelical dispositions you got to have. They ain't got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ when you say so. (laughs) Right. This is really important. This is really important because what we love to do is take the hymns of God's sovereignty and act like we're God. That's why I always bring it home to the kids. Because see what, what, what self-righteous people do is they don't see faces when they build their theological constructs. And when you make it your baby, then we go, all of a sudden now, right? We, are we going to make all kind of room, Briante, for our babies? Are we going to stretch this thing out and say, God, is there more room? Is there more room? We're going to give room for our babies, are we not? As God gives room for us. Aren't you amazed at how patient God is with you? Like, patient. Like, like God is so patient. You will actually think for a minute that he don't exist. Somebody join me. Only about five people join me. I'm just saying sometimes we go like, okay, God, can you just do something? Just do a little bit of something. Cause I I know you there. I just know you there, but I just need a little bit of something. Can you just pour a little water on my faith? Right. And will God do it? Will God do it? Right. And there's a lot to learn about God's regressive mercies, why he is not so prominently pressing into human beings in the way in which you and I might think. Okay, I I should move on back in the area of 
uh, of faith in your life, you and I are called to three critical uh, pillars of Christ's work that's teaching, that's leading us to our final destination. So when, when, when Christ rose again from the dead, he purchased your salvation and it's rooted in your justification and justification is expressed by you coming to believe what he did for you by faith, right? By faith. Faith is a gift of God. But that justification is what he did for you. Sanctification is what he does in you. So when we talk about Christ in you, the hope of glory, now we're talking about the invasion of the God man by his spirit in your life. This is a critical area for all of us, is it not? Because it's, if Christ is not in you, you can't believe what Christ did for you. Right. This is what Jesus meant in John chapter 14, 21 through 23, when he says, I and my father will come and make our abode with you and we will manifest ourselves to you. He wasn't talking about making his abode with you in Hayward. He's talking about making his abode with you in your heart. And this is why he sent the third person called what? The Holy Ghost. So that the work of sanctification is not what he did for you, but what he's doing where? in you. Now we're talking about union between the God man and us by his spirit. Now Jesus is all up in your business as he has a right to be. The Holy Ghost is called the earthly landlord. Have I taught y'all that? Y'all remember that? Jesus is Lord in glory. Holy Ghost is the earthly landlord. He the one that knocks on your doors at the inconvenient time. But God sent him. Y'all know what I'm talking about? He's the one that's helping you conform to the image of Christ. That's the landlord. That was the consequence of Christ's resurrection. If I don't go, the comforter won't come. Are y'all hearing me? Look at the beauty of the father. The father sent the son. The son sent the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is sending us. Is that true? He's sending us. And that is a work of sanctification. And so you and I right now are in between grace and glory. We are experiencing the sanctification that proceeds from justification. And one day that sanctification is going to culminate into what? In an unbroken, seamless reality that started in a person. And that person is Jesus. See, so you do believe that the resurrection is not merely an event It's a person. Do you believe that? Is that what your Bible says? John chapter 11, 25. I am the resurrection and the life, right? The one that believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And the one that believes living on me shall never see death. So is the resurrection a person or not? Right? And, and we are radical about that. I love that because Jesus is making it clear to Mary and Martha, which is our study for our WTC, that Lazarus is good. You know, she having a fit because Jesus showed up several days late. Y'all remember that, ladies? See, this is what I meant by trying to take the helm of God's sovereignty. We can do it, huh? Then we can start arguing with Jesus about being too late. Now, are we insane or what? How insane are we? <laughs> Jesus, you late, man, you late. Mary, I am the resurrection. I remember I taught this church this years ago. I taught this years ago. I taught this church when once you and I have been brought into re- to the reality of who we are in Christ, Christ in us and us in Christ. There is nothing that God 
can't do with you. I told us, I said, I want you to think on this for a moment. The divine nature dwells in you. And God can do anything he wants to with you and through you and by you if he so chooses. He can cause you to operate out of his power, which divine powers we have seen working in Jesus and working in the apostles and working in the prophets. Have we not? And we believed what they did. Do we not believe it? It's the same spirit that causes us to believe it that caused them to do it. Now, couldn't God, if he wanted to, just make all of us super apostles? Couldn't he? Couldn't God, if he wanted to, just grace us to go around touching everything dead and it just immediately come to life? Could he? Could God not use us in such magnanimous ways that it would be in all newspapers everywhere, in all print everywhere? Could he do that? I'm challenging you. I'm asking you. If you understand the implication of the second person of the divine triune Godhead accomplishing the crown rights to the whole universe in whom the Bible says all power exists. God has given him all power in heaven and in earth and under the earth. Do we believe that? We be sure, no, the Lord Jesus got all power. And he said in Acts chapter 1a, you wait until you be endued from on high. And power will be given unto you to be my witnesses everywhere in the world. And what I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, is what Paul experienced and uttered constantly through the epistles, that there was a power working in him that was beyond his capacity to comprehend or his limitations. He knew it was Christ. God used that man mightily. He allowed him to be persecuted, to be beat. And in some cases, we believe that he was dead and rose again. Do we not? He gave him power to raise people from the dead. Did he not? He gave him power to heal. Do you believe that? Right. Here's the importance of understanding the resurrected resurrection power in you, which is from Christ. Is that God is able to make all grace abound. He's able to work in you and work in me to accomplish his good pleasure. He's able to do it. And that's because we are partakers of the resurrected Christ. You ought not to play this down. You ought not to play this down because it would then be playing down what Christ did for us and what he won for us. Am I making some sense? Look, and so for me, what I want to get across to you and me is that this idea of the resurrection in terms of the believer's spiritual resurrection, we're headed to the last point and we'll close, is that resurrection life in you means that you and I can never, ever die again. Got that? That's one. That's right. Right there. So important to know. No one can kill you, child of God. No one. Jesus said it in Matthew 10, 38. Do not Fear him that can kill the body. But fear him that can kill both body and soul. Where? And you don't have to fear him. He loves you. Now, when you got God on your side, isn't it a wrap? Isn't the story over? Right? Aren't we already at the finish line? Aren't we already celebrating? We should be. Because we're already where we are going. And this is why you understand sanctification as being that tangible work of God's grace, taking you to where you already are in Jesus. You guys got that? 
that's also the last little part on this resurrection life, because this is what it is. It's resurrection life. Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 3. This resurrection life is an ascent. It's a high calling. Look at Philippians 3, 10 through 14, just briefly, and I'll close. This is Paul's longing. This is my longing. This is your longing. Why is he stating that I might what? Know him. Because this is life. Isn't that life? Do y'all know that children of God, that I might know him? Isn't that life? Is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life? It's me knowing him and evidence that I have that same life. Is it essential that him knowing me and me knowing him as the grounds of me being all that God has called me to be? Is that essential? Right. And so Paul starts there and this is how he drives us to the ultimate prize. He says that I might know him and the power of his what? Ladies and gentlemen, that's the resurrection I'm talking about now. Travis, this is the resurrection I'm talking about now. I have not yet started talking about the bodily resurrection. Have I? I haven't touched the body. That's going to be my last point and it won't last but one minute. Because the experience of all believers from the days of Christ till now is such that none of us have yet experienced the bodily resurrection. The resurrection that you and I are experiencing is the power of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And God has been working through the church for almost 2,000 years now by that resurrection power. And it's important for us to know that it's present and that it works in our lives. I could generalize this across a spectrum of things right now. I could talk about how important it is for you and I to understand faith in relationship to your resurrected soul plays an imminent role in your relationships. An imminent role in your walk in life. Does it not? Plays an imminent role in you overcoming your sins plays an imminent role in the bondages that we're trapped in. It plays an imminent role in the struggles and the addictions that we have a tendency to want to make greater than God. Can I talk? Because I can stop. I can stop. Right. See, the thing is, if Christ rose again, and if the third person is God, and we believe him to be, and he's in us, There's nothing too hard for God to do. Nothing too hard. Resurrection power has secured that every obstacle, every trial, every test that would threaten you with taking your life out. It's completely now mitigated and harmless. Nothing can stop you. But you. And even you can't stop you. Man, I'm so glad God rescued me from me. Really? See, because you and I are the ones. Like if we end up at the judgment throne on the last day, we won't be able to blame the devil. You won't know, but by the time we get to the judgment seat on the last day, the devil already in hell. That's Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 following, okay? Uh, Revelation, uh, yeah, uh, verses 1 through 10. He's already in hell. Like, you can't point over at the devil. He's gone. He's already gone by decree. And you ain't going to be able to blame your wife. 
or your husband or your parents or the white man or the black man Marx is already in hell see a false gospel would have you blaming everyone but yourself because you have no solution to your own problem grace fixes that with us doesn't it doesn't grace fix that it fixes it It fixes it. See, resurrection power is able to allow you and I to take all kind of abuse. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886. 9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 630. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening, Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.